Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. Uh, my name is Becco and my partner, Hari. Hello. Uh, this is the second episode of Lyft. Uh, we're doing a deep dive into Lyft's financials management and its valuation in this episode. Uh, if you haven't checked out our previous episode, episode 49, please do so before you come to this one. Uh, episode 49 we talk about this is the that that's a part one of of lyft uh we talk about the business itself in that podcast so before we start do you want to give a, again a quick a disclaimer yeah you know we uh we made this podcast to educate you on how to evaluate companies for investment purposes um, it is a entertainment and education purposes only we do not uh, give recommendations on stocks based on, you know, for buying and selling. We um, want you to do your own research because we don't know your financial situation um, and we're not your financial advisor. So, you know, this is just here to help you to learn. Yep. That's it, guys. Don't buy or sell based on what we say. We're not your advisors. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get going here. So we talked a lot about the business in the last episode. Um, I think we have to really look at the numbers to truly understand the, the business, right? Yep. So let's, let's do that. Um, so the first question is actually, do you have, do, you know, do, where do you want to start? I mean, this is, I don't so, know if, I don't know if the checklist itself is going to be right necessarily so, a, a good way to guide the discussion here. Yeah. So I think what we're going to actually talk about here is cause I'm not really going to focus on management and valuation because sure. as we're going to find out when we do the financials is this company doesn't make any money. So, um, but what is interesting about this is, uh, you know, we we uh, we did uh, several episodes on uh, evaluating um, the income statement, the balance sheet, and the cash flow statement, and I want to actually talk about those in regard to this because one of the things that um, is very easy to understand in like a retail company or something like that, like let's say uh, we talked about Skechers in a previous episode, what is revenue? What is cost of goods sold, what is operating income, and so on, right? When we just go down the list, Lyft is a little bit different, right? Because yeah. they're an app that is, you know, providing this so quote-unquote ride-sharing, right? Well, w what is involved in actually the cost of revenue, right? Because if it's an app, isn't it just developing the app, right? Well, that's not true, right? Most of the time, revenue that they recognize is is not the same as the recognized revenue that they see on the the the, the, the uh, income statement, right? So let's let's talk about that first. So uh, you came to uh, you know to the podcast this morning um, in a lift, right? Yep. So let's say you paid ten dollars. Right? I did. Okay, so it was ten dollars. So Lyft keeps about twenty eight percent of twenty five, roughly percent of that. Right. And then this, the other 75 percent goes to the driver. Right. So they've raised that rate um, from like 15 percent to yep. you know, it's progressively gone up to 20 for, for themselves. Yeah. For, for, themselves. for themselves. Their cut. Yeah. Right? So the cut that they keep is actually what is their top line revenue. Mm -hmm. So they call gross bookings. That was eight billion dollars in 2018. But their revenue that they reported is 20 uh, is two point one billion. Yeah. Right. So d two numbers there. Don't get confused by the gross and the net revenue, yeah. right? So that once they pay out to their um, to the driver, what they keep is the is the net revenue, yeah. right? So about twenty, about twenty percent, twenty. Yeah, twenty 
25 percent or so yeah. right and they raised their rates in 2018 you know i think in in anticipation of trying to get closer to profitability yeah. right but as we talked about in the last episode if they take too much from the drivers a lot of the drivers quit when they raise the rates yeah and so if you just keep trying to do that you're going to eventually you know irritate all the drivers right so the only thing you can do you know they have to try and raise their yeah. cut is raise prices or raise the percentage they keep yeah. right and so they've done the raising the percent they keep. Um, well, and so what they do next is um, I'm reading down the the 2018 financials. 2.1 billion in revenue. Their cost of revenue is 1.2 billion. Yep. And then they have operations and support is 330 million. Um, research and development, which is 300 million, and then sales and marketing, 800 million. These are all expenses. General and administrative, four hundred and forty-seven million. So their total expenses is three point one billion dollars. Yeah. So again, the top line revenue, two point one billion. Total expenses, three point one billion. So they're losing. They're losing about nine hundred million dollars a year. Yeah, right? nine seventy-seven so, billion. Yeah, pretty so much. At the time of their IPO, and Uber will blow through this pretty quickly. They are the the largest losing making company. Um, when at the time of their IPO, right in the history of the yeah. stock market. Yeah, uh, that's that's l- l- that's a dubious re- distinction. L- yeah, re- reiterate that for the for our listeners because yeah. I think that's a major statement. Yeah, they are the uh, largest loss maker, loss making on an absolute basis in the history of uh, the stock market IPO. Yeah, that's pretty astounding. Yeah, so that that is not a that is not a good thing, right? That if is you, definitely not a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, setting money on fire is not the the right thing to the way to the way to look at yourselves. Yeah. But I want I, I I'm not like let's not focus on the numbers as much. Sure. But let's actually focus on the footnotes that come with this. Mm, right? Interesting. Because the footnotes are what's going to tell us what does cost of revenue mean, right? Because mm. I'm looking at this and I'm saying cost of revenue, operations and support, R&D, sales and marketing, and general and administrative, right? Mm. They have these categories. And I can kind of guess what general and administrative is because that's what it always is, is the people who work in the corporate office, right? Salaries and things like that. Corporate office and then, you know, work in, you know, to to maintain the the affairs of the business, right? Research and development, you know, they talked about the autonomous vehicles. Not, Not a problem, right? But these first two, cost of revenue and operations and support, is where I think this is a very interesting company because I think, th- or not interesting company, this is where things can get very interesting for them um, in terms of cash flow and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. So the cost of revenue is dis- defined as, um, you know, the insurance costs for ride sharing, city regulations and fees, uh, payment processing charges, which would be like, MasterCard, American Express takes, you know, cut. Um, the hosting and platform technology, so just actually... AWS. Yeah. Or, servers. Or, or servers, uh, EC2. I don't know if they use Amazon or if they use they something do. else. Okay, so yeah. So Amazon. Um, and then amortization of technology, which is like nothing, because they bought uh, Lyft or uh, uh, one of these smaller scooter companies. Oh, yeah. So, so that's part of their cost of revenue, right? So... I want you to remember this one about insurance because I think this is where things will become very interesting for them in the future. And if I am somebody who's monitoring this company for things, this is the number where I think they can cheat a little bit, right? Because they're using their insurance costs to effectively say, 
it's a non-cash expense, right? You take the ride with somebody, you they pay you money. They're not paying out their claim like the instant that that happens, right? What they're doing is they're pooling their money and then somebody at some time can come and say, hey, um, I got into a fender bender with one of a, a Lyft driver. Um, you owe me money, right? And, um, you know, so they, they won't sue the driver. They'll sue Lyft, right? Because they're live, driving under the Lyft, you know, banner, right? But there's also other things like they harass one of the riders, right? Or one of the drivers assaults someone, right? Which has happened to Uber. Um, and if it can happen to Uber, why wouldn't it happen to Lyft, right? Sure. You know, it's just a numbers game, you know, the way that works. So th- they're basically paying out insurance. And we'll talk about that insurance here up front, bec- uh, you know, later, because insurance is one of those things where you prepay for something that you receive later, right? Yeah, the float, the idea of float. Right. Yeah. So if I'm an insurer, right, I, I'm sending that money away and then it disappears, right? So Lyft thinks about this as a opportunity where they can, you know, keep this money and do something with it, right? And so what they will do is they'll actually, they do have third-party insurance, but they also self-insure that. Yeah. So they're basically setting aside some money for playing, paying out future claims, right? And yeah. they, they record that as a liability on their balance sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so let's let's keep going down the list here. Operations and support. So they have a local operation center in every you know area, so that they can answer twenty four seven help for riders for drivers you know fixing yep. problems you know yep. oh my you know r- driver never showed up um, you know you're not going to charge me you know we'll take care of it you know yep. or whatever right um, they do dr- the driver background checks and then they also take on the o- that's the onboarding cost for doing you know, drivers, right? You know, getting them ready and and processed into the system, training them, whatever they have to do. So one of the things that's interesting about that onboarding process, right? And this is um, 330 million. So it's um, the total revenue was about two, you know, 2 billion, 2.1 billion. So like around 15%, right? Of the company Um, or uh, of the, 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 the price, Right, so we, the cost of revenue one point two billion, yep. and operating operations and support was three hundred and thirty million. Yep. So right there, you're at around sixteen. Yeah, sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, sixteen. Yeah. So one point six billion. So th- that means that you have around five hundred million left to play with, mm-hmm. right? So when you look at the rest of the balance sheet or the income, income. statement, rather. 300 million in R&D, 800 million in sales and marketing, 447 in general and administrative, right? But again, they only had 500 million after these first two line items, right? So th- all of these expenses are where sales and marketing So l- let me just tell you what's in the, what they call that. Research and development is personal personnel and facilities, so they're employees and, you know, the the yep. autonomous vehicle building yep. process. Sales and marketing is ads writer incentives and and refunds Mm. um so like you rode but you know and so they don't lose your business in the future they give you a refund that falls under this Mm. uh driver and rider referrals like so if you ride with lyft and you tell your friend and they sign up they give you a bonus right so general yeah so general and administrative is insurance that is not required by the city Right, so this is interesting. A different type of uh, insurance, insurance. cover, right? 
So insurance that is, uh, and then professional services fees, mm. right? So what I find interesting about this whole process, right, is they're running a lot of income through that, the, um, you know, through the the uh, income statement that are non-cash expenses, yep. right? So why don't we, let's move on to this cash flow. Sure. Um, or do you have any questions first off before I, you know? No, I think... Um I'm 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 interested to figure out exactly what it looks like in cash. So let's let's move on. Okay. So l- yeah, let's so we you know, remember income statement is accrual based accounting and cash flow is cash based accounting. So mm-hmm. basically if you run a register what does it what does it look like? Okay, so we're taking the the net loss from the income statement and we put it into the Cash flow from operations. So that's negative $900 million yep. for 2018. Their depreciation and amortization is basically nothing. They don't have much in hard assets that they can depreciate. And actually, I think it's all amortization of the technology. Mm-hmm. So tiny amount. Stock compensation, uh, technology, amortization. But here's where it becomes interesting. Mm. They have a $433 million expense insurance. related to insurance reserves. Mm. So that is a positive effect on their cash flow. So that $900 million loss, they add $400 million back into it. Back into it, right? And they also have this thing called accrued other and other liabilities others. which is like $300 million, yeah. right? So that's they're adding <laughs> back around $700 million yeah. in yeah. In, 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 non- in non-cash expenses, yeah. right? So l- let me just summarize it for our listeners here. And so in 2018, Lyft lost, again, this is in the income statement, lost $911 million. Right. $911 million lost in the income statement. When you look at the cash flow statement, what happens is that $911 million that you lost now suddenly becomes $280 million. It's just... It, it just jumps down because you're adding back non-cash expenses such as the insurance services accrued other and other liabilities. Right. Yeah. So when you look at that, you can you could foresee a path to being positive cash flow because yeah. they are taking that insurance reserve and just basically putting it in the bank, right? Calling it a liability, which it is, right? Because that, you know, somebody can sue them three years later yeah. saying, you know, the driver sure. uh, did something or yep. whatever, right? So they have an expense that they're 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 keeping. Now, what can they do with that, yeah. right? Yeah. So when we look at their cash flow from investing activities, right, which is down, down below that, they are purchase of marketable securities, negative wow. $5 billion, right? Whoa. So that means that basically they're buying short-term bonds and then they mature and then they're, you know... And and what you'll see is proceeds from sales of marketable securities nine hundred million proceeds from maturities of mar- marketable securities three point eight billion right mm. so they have around two and a half something billion in cash yeah. right but they're basically taking all of this money and then just shoving it into a a bond right yeah so what does this sound like to you I mean it's a it's a <laughs> I mean it's an insurance right yeah it's an insurance company it's an insurance business right so they're basically running an insurance business let's look at their balance sheet so. I, I, and I want to I want to read from the insurance reserves. Yeah, sure, sure. Right, um, what what they qualify as insurance reserves? Because I think this is kind of telling, right? Mm-hmm. Wholly owned and third party insurance liability reflects estimated, un uh, you know ultimate cost for claims, 
So those are claims that are um, have been uh, insured but not paid and claims that are insured but not reported yet. Mm. So those are things that are basically things that could come in the future. So they're putting this aside as a liability claim and that may take several several years to settle, right? Sure. In the meantime, they have a float, yeah. right? So what their float is is basically a float is in insurance terms are you get money paid up front. You have some percentage that have to be paid out in claims. In the meantime, you can take that money and invest it in a bond or something yeah, like that. Or, yeah, yeah. So when you look at it, you know, they... Um, so claims may occur in future le- years. Um, and in since October 2015, they've elected to reinsure all of their own financial risk. Wow. Okay, so what this sounds like to me is they're not a ride-sharing company at all. Right, they're basically an insurance float. Yeah, I mean, or I, or eventually could become that. Yeah, right. What's interesting to me is to support. I mean, when you look at the numbers, right, it's so striking that you are building. You have all this infrastructure, in you know, insurance basically to support what's so tiny and minuscule. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see the size of this insurance operation. The, the length to which people have to go, this company Lyft has to go in terms of insurance to support the, this application. Right. It's really interesting. So why why this is, you know, we started out looking at this as like, you know, haha, they lose a lot of money, right? They do lose a lot of money. But their their losses are not really what, that $900 million loss is not really the same thing that you're, you know, you're looking at right now one of the things about insurance is you may estimate something as your future claims right they also make the the statement we've only been doing this for a short amount of time so we don't have enough history to know are we reserving the right amount are we reserving too much are we reserving too little yeah and these future liabilities may come out and and get us Mm -hmm. right so this is the problem that i have with this business is i don't understand are they insuring properly? Are they underinsuring? Are they overinsuring? Right, because an overinsurance leads to, um, you know, they're setting Stagnation. aside too much money, yeah. right, and then they can't use that effectively. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not that terrible, but underinsurance would be potentially catastrophic. Catastrophic, right? yeah. And especially now that they're reinsuring themselves, since 2015, they've been reinsuring. So that's pretty. I mean, that's like pretty crazy. That. Not only have insurance, but they're also reinsuring themselves, huh? Right. I think what they're with a third party, or I like, well, I think what they're doing is their their primary insurance yeah. is third party and themselves and themselves, and then they're taking out reinsurance, reinsurance. by themselves as a so. I'm not going to have to pay out the small claims. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. only have to pay out the claims yeah. that exceed yeah. whatever my insurance yeah. carrier doesn't provide. Yeah. Right. So. Where I see this going is this is first of all I, I don't like businesses like this because they're there's a smokescreen here kind of right mm-hmm. where oh we're a ride sharing business but what we really make money off of is actually taking the money and just putting it into a short term yeah. you know uh, thing you know they can cut their sales and marketing costs and other stuff to get themselves below this threshold where they would be cash flow break even yeah but I I'm not I'm not sure if you know what happens in recessionary environments you have a very thin kind of margin you know you know on the float or well on on a lot of things yeah, here yeah, right yeah. because first of all you try and raise prices you wipe out your 
drivers, know, the number of drivers yeah. and uh, or or and or riders, yeah. right? You run into a recession and people are going to use less, right, of your service. They have a war chest, right? They've built up an enormous war chest so that they can ri- operate for a very long time with, right? But they will they will truly never make a lot of money. And you know when you look at it, how they're presenting themselves, they're not presenting themselves as a insurance business, which would change the way that they, mm. you know, they would basically report as top line premiums, right? Mm-hmm. That's how an insurance company. Uh, yeah, that's files. interesting. So what you're seeing here is a cash flow. An income statement, you know, kind of. Uh, yeah, it is. It's really interesting. Discrepancy, right? It's not a. It's not a normal. Like you have to evaluate this very differently than you would say, if this were purely an app that just, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, it's really interesting. Like for example, if you for my ride that that I just took to to come here, ten bucks, right? You said twenty five percent, for example. Yeah. Just taken out. So that twenty five percent, so two dollars and fifty cents. Right. That's going into, obviously, the operation of the company, but a big part of that is also going to insurance. Right. Reserve. Right. It's, um, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. The, so, I mean, I, what we don't have a whole lot more to talk about with these guys because at this point, I mean, in the checklist, we're, I'm still scratching my head. Like, I, I need to see more data. Obviously, an IPO, they're not giving us a whole lot um, yeah. to work with. Yeah. But I, I find this is a very kind of interesting way of evaluating this is that you're going to run into the more of these companies you look at, the more you're going to see different kind of uh, business models, right? Yeah. And these business models, like when we looked at NVR and we looked at Skechers, they're really very straightforward, right? The, uh, I mean, the NVR annual report is like less than 100 pages. There's not a whole lot to it. It's very straightforward in what it says, how the company operates, the financial statements, their footnotes. There's not a lot of magic to it, right? Those are the great businesses that I love, right? Because they're really easy to understand, right? The problem that I see is trying to understand a business like this where they operate really in two different spaces. Mm -hmm. It's it's a little hard to see what what they're they're doing, right? Mm. So anyway, that that's kind of where I I see that. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's in, it's incredibly. For me, it, it it just is very like you said. It's very hard to distinguish, like, kind of what kind of framework I need to evaluate this company with. You know, like yeah, you have the obviously you have the tech component, the the app component, and you have right. the self driving component, and you have the, you know, all of a sudden you have the insurance business. You know, baked in here, so which, yeah. is, which is all very. It's all very interesting when you, when you combine them all like this, in right? And and I think you know one thing that to think about is what if they if they were an insurance company, you know, purely, or if they reported that, would they be profitable? Right? Yeah, that's on a what gap I'm, accounting basis. Yeah, and I don't know enough about insurance to say that. I, I mean, I think they would be because the premiums would be their top line, right? Obviously, they are providing another service, so they can't legally, I don't think they could report it that way. So that's why when we look at the cash flow statement and the, we're seeing a, like a $700 million difference between what the cash, cash flow, flow statement says and what the 
um, income. income statements is. Yeah. So there's a big difference there, right? There is a big difference. Yeah, uh, yeah. But there, but there, the thing that is the elephant in the room is these are non-cash liabilities, right? The city is making them take out an enormous, um, you know, because we saw that there was two types of insurance that they have. One that falls in the cost of revenue, and the other is the insurance not required by the city, yeah. right? So that may be director and officer insurance. There's, you know, other other things in here, right? Yeah. Anyway, all I'm I'm trying to get at is coming into this, I thought, okay, this is a straightforward business. Well, what does this cost of revenue mean, right? Because I, I read the financial statements, looked at it, and I was like, why is it so expensive for them to operate this thing? And now I look at it and I say, oh, well, 400 of that 1.2 billion is insurances, you know, insurance expense, yeah. right? And so then you start really paying attention to that. And that's why I think this is valuable to read, not because you would invest in them, but to understand how this yeah. business works yeah. is is different than what you would normally see. Yeah, right? for sure. I think there's a lot of benefit to under trying to like just sit down and uh, and trying to dissect these businesses that are hard to understand. I think for me, for me, a foray into that was, you know, like like um like voya for example was 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 one of those for me just mm-hmm. on a personal growth level if you find a company that's easy to understand go through that phase and then to really elevate your understanding of of, of finance and, and business yep. you need to really sit down and understand like hard to understand businesses and i think right. that's when you really start to put pieces together yeah and that doesn't necessarily mean that you invest in hard to understand exactly. businesses but you expand your circle of competence yeah. and then that makes you more attuned to what's going on, right? This is a very interesting business for different reasons than I would have expected, Yeah, right? for sure. So that, yeah. that was all I was trying to, to really illustrate with this company. Yeah. So I think, like you said, the management and the valuation, we're going to go ahead and skip that uh, for this one. But I think what could be interesting, I think we... I think if we can allocate a little bit, a little bit of time, just a, a few minutes to kind of think about, you know, if you're running this company... Like what, what is, what is running through your mind now? Like, you know, now that you've IPO'd, now you're going to get public scrutiny. You have, you're under this incredible pressure to, to, you know, to, to make this company profitable. What, having read the annual report, having, you know, knowing all these information about the company, what would you do? What are some, some of the ideas that is running through your head? I think clearly right now they are concerned about what Uber is going to do. Right. Because I think Uber in their mind is the 800 pound gorilla. Right. And I think what Uber is going to say is we're going to aggressively fight for market share, you know, from Lyft. And so Lyft is trying to figure out how are we going to make money when there's this constant fight between each other. Right. So I think they're going to try and grow the ridership as much as possible. Right. (laughs) And I I don't know that's the best strategy. Like, it's it's really interesting that you said that because yesterday <laughs> I just got like 50% off coupons for like 10 rides or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're <laughs> the the heavy promotion yeah. I think is what they're 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 going to continue to subsidize it. I mean 800 million dollars in sales and marketing expense, right? Yeah. I mean that's for 3 200 or 2 million 2, two billion dollar company, yeah. you know. So I mean that's a huge, you know, like yeah. if we took that out on a gap accounting basis, they would be losing a hundred million dollars, right? So, I mean, there's still a lot of expenses that they need to fix, hmm. right? Um, you know, the insurance thing makes it, you know, they have accrued liabilities that they can kind of get rid of, right? But I mean, there's a lot of things in here that just make you really wonder, like, 
if they can't raise their prices because they operate in a commodity business, they have to cut their expenses, right? That's the only thing that they can do. And I think in their mind, if they cut expenses, um, people aren't going to ride as much with them, right? They're yeah. using the promotional aspect of this to make them yeah. successful, right? Yeah. It's, um, it'll be really interesting. I, it'll be really interesting to see this, this duel happen. You know, yeah. This duel unfold as big, uh, big private companies become public and there's incredible scrutiny on both right. of them to really try to push towards prof- profitability. Yeah, no, I'm going to get some popcorn and sit and watch as the, <laughs> they, these guys beat each other up, right? Yeah. It, and in the meantime, use the services that they provide because honestly, it's great. It, it is a good service. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. I think what, what I don't like about it is it, it, I'm not going to rely on it as in the future. Yeah. I'm going to expect that there's going to be significant changes to what they currently offer. Sure. Because yeah. I don't think it's going to be a... Their vision of trans transforming the entire transportation market, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. So, but that's just a, you know, as it stands now. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thanks for the uh, the review. Uh, it was really insightful, uh, Hari. Yeah. Um. Any other last words before we close out this podcast? Uh. You know. Um. I think. Uh, if you wanted to get a copy of the checklist or you had any questions about Lyft or any of the other companies that we've talked about, yeah. send us an email at info at valueinvestor.org. Uh, we've gotten some great questions from a lot of people and, you know, helped help clarify, um, you know, the, uh, you know, what they're, they're thinking. If you are looking to, for a company that you want to talk about uh, or have us talk about, um, you know, send us a line. Would be happy to review it. We can't guarantee that we will, just because we don't know enough about every business. But we'll at least uh, review it and see if we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is, um, look us up on Twitter at at Value Investor TV. We are, um, you know, and give us a follow um, and send us messages. Or, um, but we what we do is we post um, news articles that we find interesting and uh, from. Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, uh, you know, various newspapers from around the world um, to kind of highlight, you know, that, you know, value investing is in in some ways a full-time gig um, that you got to constantly look for things because that's where you find, you know, gold is, you know, under rocks. Because mm-hmm. if it's in hidden in plain sight, uh, you know, or if it's out, out there in plain sight, most people already know about it. Yeah, so. exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks.